Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Fabulous and Female. I'm Helen Corsi-Cadmore, an award-winning business growth specialist, coach and consultant and a mum to twin girls. My podcast is about having honest conversations with busy, ambitious females about growing your business to have a better balanced life and of course, avoiding burnout. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Welcome to another episode of Fabulous and Female and today I am delighted to be here with the lovely Sarah Alex Carter. Sarah is an award-winning well-being and transformational coach and consultant who works with leaders who are struggling with stress, overwhelm and achieving an effective work-life balance. Sarah offers specialist support and training on hormonal changes, perimenopause, menopause and lots more and has 20 years experience as a qualified teacher. Sarah is also the author of the self-development book Upward, The Power of Looking Up and co-author of the international best-selling book The One Thing I Want You to Know. Her articles on well-being and lifestyle are featured in international magazines and in her own blog via her website. Sarah lives in Wales in the UK with her husband, two children, and a rescue, Patterdale Terrier Gwen. Oh my goodness. So if you know me, I love dogs. So I'm really interested to know more about Gwen. And what a fabulous Welsh name, by the way. Welcome, Sarah, to this episode of Fabulous and Female. How are you? Oh, I'm really good. Thank you so much. What a lovely introduction. Oh, you're welcome. And obviously, you can tell by Sarah's accent, we are both Welsh, which is brilliant because we don't get many Welsh guests on. So I'm super excited to have a Welshie with me. Definitely. Um, Where are you based? So I'm in the valleys in what was known as the Queen of the Valleys, Aberdeer. Yes, good old Aberdeer. Yeah, that's it. it. Yeah. Not not too far from me. Um, I'm in Cardiff, so just South Wales. Brilliant. Well, Sarah, obviously I've done a little bit of an introduction to you, but just do a little bit of uh, introduction back to me, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. So as you say, I've got 20 years teaching experience. So it's a good place to start, really. Yeah. Um, so 20 years of being in education, working my way through the, the career of academia and mm. sort of building my career, uh, wrote a course for the University of South Wales and became a course leader there. And have spent years just helping individuals become the best versions of themselves and that's in all different ways and lots of kind of pastoral care with students and then as a result of my own well-being journey I realized that there needed to be more support for people who are supporting people yeah absolutely agree with that yeah that's where I sort of decided you know I've got this experience I've got the ability to have that space open and hold that space for people to talk and communicate and share and so that's where the business then came out of deciding I want to help those people who are supporting others and it's kind of dovetailed really nicely with my love of writing and Mm. writing my book and then writing for magazines and having that conversation through writing and contributing to the conversation of well-being and lifestyle through my writing yeah definitely and and, you know I mentioned there briefly you've got two books 
Um, mm. So congratulations. And we just said that we've kind of got a mutual connection. So Jessica, yeah. who was a guest on our podcast on the first series, Jessica was, yeah. Um, yes. You know her. So that's a lovely um, collaboration there as well. So um, I am in the very early stages of writing a book. I know. It's like, you, you can't see Sarah's face, but she's like, oh. Really I'm so excited! I know, oh my gosh. but it's that I know. <laughs> it's actually. Oh, no, tell me gonna... more. Tell me more. I, I yeah. need to know. It's not going to be about me. This one is because I feel like I talk about me a lot, but it's not about me. It's, I'm actually writing a children's book. Um, wow. Yeah, and it's going to be based around. I don't want to give too much away, but it's going to be based around my twins. So for mm. those who know me, I've got twins who are three and the journey to get those. So mm. yeah, we'll have to have a, a cat up off, offline. Definitely. <laughs> I so, think, you know, there's so much to be said about writing a book. And yeah. so I hear so many people say, I'd love to write a book. Mm-hmm. And I just think that sometimes we get in our own way because we think, oh gosh, who am I to write a book? Yeah, And absolutely. I found that, I had that conversation in my head a lot Oh, that's um, really interesting. So what, what made I, you switch then? To yeah. Go, I can do it. I'd love to know that. It's the idea that I believe in the power of story. And okay. I really believe in the power of being able to communicate our stories to each other. And we yeah. don't do it in the traditional sense of how we used to, because yeah. our lives have changed so much. But I feel that especially children's books, yeah. you can regain that sense of taking you to another place to another world to another circumstance or situation and you're transferring those ideas and that creativity through that power of storytelling with children Mm. and I think we need to do it more so as adults and I think everyone has a story to tell I think and that's that's for me it was oh gosh, how can I write a story? I'm little old me from Aberdeer, South Wales. And it comes with all that imposter syndrome. Oh God, yes. And I just thought, oh my gosh, no, it's it's my story. And because Mm. it's my story, it's just as valid as the next person or the next expert. It's another story that adds to that conversation. And I think whether it's for children or whether it's for adults, it's transferring those ideas and those thoughts and those imaginations yeah to other people I think there's something really powerful in that yeah absolutely and I, I really agree with that and it, what you mentioned there about like you've been in education for such a long mm. time previous to what you do now and yeah for me it all starts with educating people and I think mm. from as as young as we can start educating them on, you know, on lots of different things. But I was having a conversation actually um, last week with somebody about finance and, Mm. you know, how we don't, I don't want to go into it too much, but how we don't get taught like the real, the real deal of understanding our finances when, when we're young. And I was very lucky in a sense that I was brought up on a greengrocer's. That's what my parents did. Mm. So I was very much in the, in the, you know, the miss of being with money, not big finance. I was never, never got taught that by parents, but got sort of taught the, the basics of, you know, how to look after money as such and, and what we do with it. Not that I was saying what I was taught was right, because my values mm. now are very different to what they told me. Um, but yeah, I think just educating children from a young age is, is, is imperative and I'm all for it. 
Um, I just want to sort of, you mentioned there, um, Sarah, about your own well-being journey. Mm. You're happy to share that now. Are you able to sort of showcase a little bit about that? Yes, that's been something that it's almost like I came out of the closet. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. Well, from Narnia, was there? (laughs) And that's the anxiety closet. So I went on my own wellbeing journey six years ago where it started with a breakdown. And my book kind of charts that. And my second book then really goes into the details of what happened. Okay. Um, And I felt that that was really important because I had hidden it for so many years. Yeah. So I had, I was this A-type achiever, go-getter, doer, push, 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 push. Yeah. And I can't be seen to have any flaws. I can't be seen to be struggling. I can't be seen to be not coping. I'm a mum of two young children. Yeah, but, yeah. I've got a career. I've got the, the this, that, and the other that everybody kind of signs up to as being the expectations of being successful. Yeah. And my body said no. <laughs> I'm not having it. I'm not having that. No, my body said, hang on a minute. You can't Mm. keep going at this pace. And also you can't keep hiding from the anxiety that's crippling you because you push things down and eventually they will come out in other ways. And so that was my journey. It started with me addressing that and saying, actually, this is where I am. I need help. I can't do this on my own. That was a huge undertaking of I've got to ask for the help that I need Mm. and I've got to be open and honest because I was not only lying to myself but to everyone around me by trying to hide all of this yeah previous uh, I would say very much little t trauma but also then in terms of the mental health effects of that I was trying yeah. to hide it and hold it all yeah. together and I think and as a result that, yeah it's as we a result of the, yeah. the culture that we live in says mm. you've got to be the go-getter the achiever the do-it-all mum yeah. superwoman yeah. and <laughs> yes we are fabulous yes we are female but also yeah. we're fragile but oh, isn't you know yeah. isn't some of the most beautiful things in the world fragile and they need care and attention and love and time um oh my goodness I love that I love that Sarah and the first thing that came to my mind then you said fragile is I'm a bit obsessed with butterflies I'm a, yeah. I have been for a long time and the first thing that came to my head then was like okay yeah fabulous yeah okay I identify as female you're fragile oh yeah my butterflies they are fragile mm. but they're so beautiful isn't it when absolutely. they open up yeah absolutely yeah completely and it's recognizing that fragility isn't weakness no not and at all. it's recognizing that it is important therefore then to look after it yeah absolutely that's so so true and how how do you now then look after your fragile side? Because I'm sure it's mm. still there. It doesn't go. Yes. You just oh, have to learn how to manage it or deal with it better, don't you? So how do you now look after yourself in that sense? That's such a good question because at my worst, everything was stripped away, which okay. was a really vulnerable and uncertain time for me. And I just felt like, right, what do I do now? How do I become the person that not only I know I am but also the best version of who I am yeah and simply for me it was 
getting a really good routine in place. And mm-hmm. that wasn't so much in the mornings, but my nighttime routine. Okay. So yeah. When I was coping so well, I would get home, do the usual. I'd be on the treadmill in work, then I'd get home and do the treadmill at home. Okay. So yeah. that was get Non-stop. home, sort the kids, empty the school bags, <laughs> get the dinner on, whilst trying to put a washing load on, whilst trying to catch up with stuff that had gone on in work. Then do tea, sort out uniforms, then, yeah. and it was like all that Just constant, and they would get to like, wheel. all the time, it'd get to 10 yeah. o'clock at night, and then it'd be television, because it's me yeah. time, and then yeah. just flat out, and I realised how I'm, <laughs> this can't be my life, can't be, that can't be just no. life, is it, well, have we that, created it, but yeah. how can we change it, yeah, and in the worst way, that's a routine, but it was mm. the most unhealthy routine, so for me now, it's right, come home, Mm. I've removed some of the decision making. So I have um, food that's either pre-prepped or it's already organized in terms of like um, a menu. So planning a menu for the week. So I know what that is. I went a step further and I've got like one of these kind of mail delivery systems where they deliver all your ingredients. Yeah, you can say them. Gusto. I know. Gusto. I'm ve- okay. I'm very BBC. I'm like, and there are other things available. Um, <laughs> See, I'm a Hello Fresh girl. So that's yeah, okay. I've never tried Gusto, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so it went from Tesco deliveries, planning the week to then Gusto because yeah. it was like, reduce the amount of decisions that I've got to make. Yes, I love that. Washing doesn't happen in the week, it happens on the weekend. Because I'm like, I can't be dealing with it. I've got to sort out other things that are more important. And if the kids' clothes wow. aren't all ironed, it really doesn't matter. Oh, oh let's not have a conversation about ironing because oh. I do not iron anything. No, no. <laughs> it really doesn't matter. Sunday's my ironing with a podcast on. So that's nice. when I just kind of batch my ironing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was let's have a meal together sit at the table and just yeah. have time and then it was right I'm not going to go and turn the tv on the kids can come in the kitchen they can get their books out drawing even if they're on their ipads we're together in the kitchen yeah. now the weather has improved and we've got a bit of light here in Wales which isn't always the case we'll go out for the walk <laughs> we'll go out for a walk with the dog so we'll go out for a walk with the dog not always the, the case yeah, yeah. So outside for half an hour and then we come in, they've got their routines, which are relaxing and slowing down before they go to bed. And then I've become really, really simple. Once the kids are in bed, I will sit in my bedroom. Yeah. So I've slowed down. I'll sit in my bedroom, either with a book, a journal, a podcast Brilliant. And my husband complains because he's like, well, we don't want to tell it. We don't want to. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll do that on a Friday. Usually Thursday, Friday, getting towards the weekends. Yeah. But I know that I've got to protect my time. And it's talking about that fragility. It's knowing what works and what doesn't work for you. Because what I got to was a place of I was just on autopilot. Yeah. Constant wheel constant wheel isn't yep. it and do you know what that's that's something that very very honestly I had a conversation with my husband last night because I said to him it was like 11 o'clock and that's super mm. late for me I'm normally in bed by half nine ten mm. um and we ended up watching a film which was really good um we watched a film together and I said this is something's got to change here I said mm. I can't be going to bed at 11 
And I am quite good at decompressing. And he said to me, he said, oh, but I really enjoy watching TV with you. Mm. And I said, I know, but we're just sat next to each other. We're not actually, mm. we're not actually communicating. We're not actually having conversations. We're just sat. And he said, I know, but sometimes that's all I need. And I thought, fair enough. I've got to balance it with my needs yeah. and his needs as well. Yeah. Um, so I've said now, like, it's very similar to you. It's two to three nights a week. We'll sit and watch TV or watch a film, a series, something we both enjoy together. Um, I'm very strict. My Mondays is my yoga night anyway. So that's my that's my yeah. night. And then I've said, but I've got, I want to get back to my book night because I used to have like mm. a book night where I just got into a good book. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think the one thing I've written, I've actually written it down here. It's about reducing that decision making. I love that because mm. we our minds are constantly on this wheel of just making these decisions yes. all the bloody time and yeah, it's draining absolutely. it's draining so yeah thank you for sharing that okay I'm going to move us on a bit because one of the reasons I wanted to get you on obviously we've just had a, a bit of a brief background on on you but I wanted you 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 coach mm. on the menopause and I know a lot of my listeners will mm. definitely either be going through the perimenopause stage or um gone through it and, and yeah. menopause or also I want to talk about the education that we mentioned that begin the podcast because yes. even if you're not at that stage like my mum was really lucky she kind of just flew through it and didn't have mm. like any symptoms whatsoever I am definitely at the stage now where I'm going through the perimenopausal stage I'm getting those symptoms yeah. and, and I'd love to know a little bit more from you on you know what it is and, and why it's becoming more recognizable because it it absolutely is there's, there's more kind of that I've noticed more celebrities attached to talking yes. about it as well, which does help. Start from the beginning. What is perimenopause? Okay, so this is such an important topic. Mm. And I think, you know, we'll come on to why it's become so media driven and media focused at the moment, which I think mm. is a double edged sword. It is. But in terms yeah. of what perimenopause is to answer your question, so my answer to that is. Often people know the word menopause, but they don't know yeah. the word perimenopause. Yeah. So peri, yeah. Perimenopause is a life stage. And what I liken it to, it's mm-hmm. the opposite of puberty. So when you think of puberty, yeah. the hormones are raging, they are yeah. growing, developing, physically our bodies are changing, and we are getting ready for reproduction. Mm-hmm. And then the opposite happens during perimenopause. Our hormones are raging. Our body yeah, is changing. Say, I'm sure they're still raging. Yeah, they are. <laughs> but it's going into a decline of yeah. coming out of that time of reproduction. So our bodies yeah. are changing so that we will no longer then be able to reproduce. And whilst I'm not here to sort of say there's a, a male menopause because there isn't as such in terms of the reproduction and the function there are changes in hormones that happen obviously with men as they get older and testosterone but females specifically with Mm. perimenopause it's the fluctuation and the change of our estrogen progesterone and testosterone hormones which is a result of our ovaries starting Mm. to slowly but surely get to the point where they no longer are required yeah okay what a great explanation I 
Love that. Basically, it's the opposite of puberty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Keep that, it simple. Exactly. And it. that leads me to the whole thing of we've medicalised perimenopause to such an extent. Yeah. We don't medicalise puberty because we, we accept that it's a life stage. We accept I've got a 12-year-old mm. daughter. Oh. She is going through it. She is going yeah. through those hormonal changes. You're, you're right in it. Yeah. yeah. So mm. it's great for my husband because he's got a hormonal teenager and a hormonal <laughs> <laughs> So it's really what's, what's great. Your name? The times. <laughs> what's your husband's name? John. John. So, poor John. Poor John. John. And oh, it's well. interesting because John is a nurse and you would right. think he would oh. know all about these things. But actually... And this brings me to the whole thing around the education, because, Mm. you know, my daughter is having the education in school. I'm talking openly with her about her life stage of what she's going through. Yeah. And I think we just need to have the same attitude towards perimenopause. It's a life stage. It's going to happen to every single female and there's no getting away from it Um, in the same way as puberty will happen to each and every one of us. Interesting there. So. Does perimenopause actually happen to everybody? Does it happen? I, I mean, it does happen, but do does ever, like I mentioned there, my mum didn't really mm. have any symptoms of perimenopause, menopause, yeah. you know, she just kind of didn't even know it happened. No. So, you know, not everybody is going to go through or have kind of that lived experience then I guess of of perimenopause would you agree with that so the physical changes in our bodies Mm. will happen that will happen yeah so that will happen to 100% of women that will happen however 70 to 80% of us will experience the perimenopause Mm. and menopausal symptoms right okay within that 70 to 80 percent the fluctuation and the the severity of those symptoms is massive yeah so every single and this is where I struggle with the medicalization of it because then it becomes very black and white yeah whereas every single individual woman's journey with perimenopause and menopause is going to be completely unique yeah you know we've we've all been there when we have children and those of us and listening who have experienced going through pregnancy everyone has their own story yep and (laughs) everybody's story is going to be completely different and it's going to be the same around perimenopause and menopause yeah okay really interesting and you're right there sort of you know people that have listened to my story I had a five-year fertility journey to get my girls and other people just got pregnant straight away so that just in that sense you know it's everyone is so different that percentage there 70 to 80 percent is high it's I I'm quite shocked that we'll experience you know the symptoms 50 percent of you out there exactly sorry sorry, no you're gonna have them yeah don't Um, shoot the messenger (laughs) (laughs) yeah although let I tell you what let's flip that you might be in a 20% that doesn't. Exactly. 20% is still high, right? But um, you know what? That 70 to 80%, you might be the one person that just has yeah. a slight change in your period. Yeah. And that might be your symptom. And that might or be it, it could be, mm-hmm. you know, that you just experience a really small amount of sleep disruption or mood change. Because I do workshops on this for staff and for individuals. We play something called perimenopause bingo. 
that you have to share that god I love a bit of bingo go on and so it's like we go through I've got this little diagram and we go through all of the symptoms there's about 30 or 40 of them and who's got a full house <laughs> and it's literally I haven't oh. found anyone yet who's got a full house but there was one woman and she said I've got everything apart from tinnitus oh. and I was just like oh my gosh bless oh you my you've goodness. got like every and there's so much there because there are such a massive range of symptoms and some people kind of they can end up clumping them all together under perimenopause whereas in fact there could be other things that are going on yeah Yeah. and that's really important to highlight actually Mm. it might not be the perimenopause it could be other things if you're you're concerned about anything please go and speak to people or anyone yeah and definitely on that point as well I'm like I mentioned my husband John who's a nurse he's the closest Mm -hmm. thing I get to in terms of medicine yeah and medical you know a medical understanding I'm not a medical expert and I always refer people to the people who are experts because that's really important really important yeah and just really quickly though you mentioned tinnitus tinnitus that's it yeah I couldn't get my words out then um weirdly enough I text my husband he was away one day last week with work and I text him saying I think I've got tinnitus in my ear. I've never had it before. He he was just like, whatever. I didn't really yeah. take it in. I didn't know. There you go. I know most symptoms of primary. Mm. I didn't know that was one. Right. Yeah. Add that to my bing- Add that to my bingo <laughs> list. Oh, thank you for giving an overview of that. So why do you think it's becoming more um, I put sort of recognizable, but media driven mm. um in recent years? I've definitely noticed it. And the person that I noticed it from, um, was actually Davina McCall. She's done a very much involved and she did a study with, or is associated with um, Tim Spector from the Zoe app. I don't know if you've heard yes. of them. And I, I actually did that Zoe um, test for three weeks. I did the intermittent fasting around that. Why is it, do you think, becoming more media driven? So I think we are maybe where mental health was 10 years ago yeah so if you think about the mental health kind of trajectory of understanding what is mental health and accepting it yeah a lot of celebrities came out at the time of experiencing those mental health difficulties and illness and I think we're in the same position with perimenopause and menopause where we have a few people who are willing to break the silence effectively around it because it's been such a taboo and I think that women now who are going through perimenopause I was thinking about this our mothers would have been of a generation maybe born during just after the war yeah and they were brought up in a culture of very much kind of that keep calm carry on stiff up a lip <laughs> yeah and don't say anything oh, you know keep, yeah. keep it under wraps because yeah. you don't want to be seen to be causing a problem or making an issue I grew up with that with my mum and with my grandmother same. yeah exactly the same and so the thought of being open about something that has been shrouded in mystery and this idea of the change. Mm. And it's like, oh, oh my yeah, gosh. that's what it's called, the change. You know? yeah. so just like you think, oh, my goodness, she's going through the change. The and change. it's like this oh. really mysterious kind of process of women becoming these the strange change? things, <laughs> you know, as we go, grow older. And it's... I think there's been a lot of brave individuals who have the celebrity limelight who are using Mm. that for the good to say this is actually what happens 
It's mm. not some kind of weird, mystical, strange <laughs> thing that takes place on the, you know, on the twelfth night of yeah, the, exactly. the dark when the, day when, or whatever. Yeah, yeah when the, the moon. moon is full. <laughs> oh God, I'm always blaming the moon for everything. Exactly, <laughs> and I think that's a good yeah. thing. But mm. I think what it has done, in the same way as mental health it can then start to become, well, everyone's on the perimenopause bandwagon. Yes, and yeah. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean, mm-hmm. it. we need to see it for what it is. And we need to, A, acknowledge the fact that, yes, women suffer. Yeah. But also there are things that we can do to help mm. each other. And this conversation needs to keep going, but it needs to keep going in the right way with the right facts and the right information. Yeah, completely agree there. And as we mentioned earlier, you know, there's there can be lots of symptoms that are not related. Yeah. Two yeah, you might think that are. So like we mentioned, always go and speak to somebody medical that can support you in that way. Definitely. Okay. So if we are at that stage then where mm-hmm. you know we are at the perimenopausal stage, how can we make that impact that it's having on our lives a bit bloody easier for us? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's there's a couple of things. So first of all is education and honest, open conversations. So mm. you are one person and you might live on your own and your symptoms might not affect too many other people. Live with people in a family setting or with others. There needs to be an open conversation around that. And it needs to, the conversation needs to start in schools. It needs to be, yeah. this is this is a life stage. This is what happens. Mm. Just as your hormones are increasing and your estrogen, progesterone, te- testosterone are growing and developing and you're able to bear children, the opposite is happening. So really being honest and open about it with conversation and education yeah. is number one. Yeah. The second thing in terms of practically helping yourself, you've got to look after yourself. We're going back to that idea and talking about fragility. It's mm. about as we get older, we need to become more empowered with looking after ourselves rather than less because Absolutely. we can start to think we're the victims of aging. Mm-hmm. Whereas in fact, we can say, actually, I really want to live well and I want to live longer. Yeah. So therefore, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? To make yeah. that happen? Because it's yeah. not going to happen on its own. It does get harder as you get older. And some people want to live longer, but I want to live longer and healthier. I don't mm. want to be living into my 80s and not able to do the things I could do, say, in my 60s. Yeah, absolutely. So, Have you ever seen the um, series with Chris Hemsworth called yes. Limitless? Oh, I yeah. recommend it to everyone. I'm so brilliant. Happy. It's just brilliant, isn't it? And yeah. that's all about the longevity of getting long in his life. That's not right. You know yeah. what I'm trying to say? But, you know, um, making his life as, as good as it can be for as long as it can be. So if anyone's not watched that, I would recommend you watch it. And he's quite easy oh, on the eye as well watch. <laughs> yeah. so limitless by chris hemsworth about longevity in yeah your life. and interestingly okay. when we talked mm-hmm. about watching something with your partner that was yeah. something that my husband wanted to watch so yeah. we watched that together watched, and then yeah. that sparked loads of conversations afterwards that was a yeah. really good one to watch yeah same we we did that as well it's a good watch really good watch okay so talk 
yes talk really important talk we both mentioned mm-hmm. there are our husbands in this situation mm-hmm. it might be that you're, you're not in a relationship but it, you could know friends that are going through yes. perimenopause um you know or family members so what can we do what others do to support those that are going through the perimenopause the law happening on the yeah, other side i think that there needs to be an attitude of we shouldn't have to walk on eggshells mm-hmm. and i think if there's honest conversations around it rather than it being something which is hush hush yeah having that conversation around how are you feeling how are you really feeling what are yeah. you going through at the moment how how's your health because another yeah. thing is we ask the conversation we ask the question how are you feeling fine and we leave it there. Yeah. Whereas oh, I when don't. we start to, yeah. <laughs> Someone says the word fine to me. I'm like, okay, start <sighs> yeah. again, yeah. shall we? <laughs> I think the question of how's your house? How are you, you know, what are you experiencing at the moment with your house? How are you coping with the stress of where you're at in your life at the moment? And framing those conversations and questions differently rather than just yeah. the bog standard, how are you? How are you? Yeah, and, love that. And I think as well, asking questions around or bringing things up a really good way is like, oh, did you hear that on the radio or watch that mm. television show? Or did you see the documentary with Davina or read that book about? It was really interesting. Do you, yeah. you know, I've never really thought about it like that. And when you start to open up that curiosity around something, mm. yeah, it starts it- to lessen the fear around it so I yeah. think that's what causes this kind of hush hush taboo is the fear that it's something unknown and we yeah. don't like things that are unknown so when we start no. to kind of shed light on things simply by having just a chat over a cup of coffee or there are things you can take this to the you know you can join things like menopause groups or menopause cafes or set up a group in work or join with like-minded women or you know a menopause and moan on a (laughs) Saturday morning you know or a Friday night over a glass of wine you know wine wine at nine who knows there's lots of options Mm. definitely like I'm I'm fortunate I've got three older sisters who have all gone through or are going through different situations with the menopause so we have these conversations yeah but you might not have that or you might not know someone well enough or you might know someone who's going through it and you don't and you can feel a bit like well who am I to have that conversation yeah Yeah. that's that's so true that's so true and my sister's going through it 18 months now Mm. um and she's just that stage where you know all the medications regulated and it's working working for yeah. so that that's good um okay so it is it is talking isn't it that's what it's about and I love that yeah. when you said about the reframe and I'm all about reframing um mm. you know words conversations and I do like that you know as we just mentioned there when I said about have you seen the yeah the documentary with uh, Limitless with Chris Hemsworth you know I think it's just starting those conversations and what you can actually get out of it and really importantly, you mentioned that don't walk on eggshells around people yes. because if they're going through it. You might not understand. And yeah. that's OK as well. I would just like to highlight that. That's OK if you don't understand anything. Just be there. Listen and, and ask those questions that are going to support them. Yeah. Brilliant. OK. Have you got any tips and tricks you can share with us? 
yes please so (laughs) yes definitely so a lot of what I do is lifestyle choices with my Mm -hmm. work and it's helping people to understand lifestyle choices and I'm a real believer in things don't have to cost money they don't have to come with specialist kit or equipment you don't always need a prescription but sometimes you do and that's important Mm -hmm. so first thing I would say is if you are experiencing anything that you're unsure of that's feeling like it's not quite right for you go and get it checked 100% do that first Mm -hmm. and then following on from that there becomes this almost like this toolkit that you can use alongside anything that you're having from any expert help and advice so number one I've got how many have I got one two three four five six tips okay let's go go through through those so number one is reducing stress Mm-hmm. And I know it's easier said than done, but stress can create more problems when it comes to physical symptoms than we realize. Absolutely. And so reducing the stress in our lives can then have knock on effects to other areas which will have a domino on how mm-hmm. we're feeling. Yeah. So that's number one. And that Ripple can be effects, I call it. Definitely. That can be everything mm-hmm. from having time to yourself, having conversations you need to have going for a walk, getting outside in nature, being around people you love, having fun, having a laugh, watching a silly movie, you know, things like that. It doesn't have to be things that are, you know, super woo or really expensive (laughs) or a spa day, which I love, but not everyone can. And also I don't quite agree with, yeah, let's save up for a spa day in a month's time when you're going through it now. Mm. So stepping back and trying to get those little kind of daily doses of stress reduction yeah, each day that. yeah let's deal with the now not so what's going to happen in six months absolutely isn't it? Yeah. and try to loosen your stress each day is going to have a longer term impact than waiting you know till your summer holidays you know yeah, absolutely 100 <laughs> how often do we get ill when we're waiting for a holiday and then oh, it hits us like a ton of bricks doesn't it yeah. so we've been there yeah <laughs> that, put my hands t-shirt. up not anymore but yeah so okay. definitely reducing stress the second one is increase your water and mm-hmm. that's not increasing, I wouldn't say increase fluids, increase your water intake, because we can increase our fluids in lots of different ways that aren't as healthy for us as it should be. And that ranges from everything from fizzy drinks to alcohol and caffeine. So increase your water. And a simple way of doing that is when you have your Diet Coke, when you have your caffeine, when you have your glass of wine, have a glass of water with it. Yeah. Just to have yeah. a glass of water, add in those things. Yeah. Then adding in good food choices. So I'm very much about not taking things away, but adding in the good. Mm Because when we start to restrict things, we start to feel hard done by, and that's when we find things difficult to stick to. So if you add in a good, add in a good choice, add in something healthy, add Mm -hmm. in one thing that I do is I add in more vegetables at the start of my meal. So I'm doing Mm -hmm. a thing at the moment where I'm balancing my blood sugar. So I don't mm-hmm. know whether you've heard of Jessie in Chopin. She's a French lady who does a lot of work on glucose. And no, but I'll write the name down. Jessie. Yeah. Don't ask me to spell her. So her name is French. I've got a in, book. In, in, in Chopin. It's okay. I-N-C-H, something like that. And she's brilliant at saying how to manage your glucose levels, which can spike okay. and cause a roller coaster with your blood sugar. So yeah, I've started yeah. eating more vegetables at the start of a meal. Really super easy, but it's mm. helping my diet to improve that nutritionally. 
Amazing. Then sleep and rest. Mm -hmm. And they are different. Oh, gosh. We live in a culture where we're like, yeah, the less sleep I get, the better I am at what I do. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. Oh, my gosh. I could talk about sleep all day because I love it. Yeah, I love it. Having been sleep deprived, it's torture. (laughs) Yeah. So sleep is super important, finding a good sleep routine and then getting rest. And that dovetails with the whole idea of stress reduction. So rest could be, you know, one of the top 10 things for resting is watching the telly. But it's also number one is reading. Um, Going for a walk is another one. Taking a nice bath is a lovely one. Looking out the window daydreaming is also rest. Yeah, I love that. And, And the one thing I would say with that as well. So, yes, watching tv is rest in your body but i can guarantee you're watching tv and you're also on your phone doing something you're watching tv you're still scrolling so actually what i would say with that just do the one thing so if you're watching tv just watch tv if you're on your phone just be on your phone if you're out walking just walk you know all of those things so then we're actually resting our mind to just one thing um yeah yeah definitely comes back to that thing of making decisions because mm-hmm. if you're constantly giving yourself decisions to make, there's not yeah. that restful state, no. is there? There's really not, no. So that's number four. Number five would be moving and exercise. Yeah, If great. there was a magic pill, it's that. It's get <laughs> yourself moving. moving. And that doesn't yeah. have to be to the gym. That can be everything from cleaning, gardening, mm-hmm. sex, if yeah. you fancy it, um, that can be affected by the menopause as well. But yeah, yeah. Hey, that's something that, you know, in terms of exercise and movement, it doesn't have to be joining a gym and signing no. yourself signing yourself up to that. It can be. There's loads of ways you can move. There's so much available now that you don't even have to leave the house. You so don't. get that's your body moving. Yeah. 10, 15, 20 minutes a day. It's doable. And the final one comes back to, I mean, everything that's run through this conversation is relationships Mm. and building those good relationships. And that can be with partners, that can be with friends, colleagues. Yeah. It can be across, you know, your furry friends that you have, your pets, and with some people, you know, they talk about their fur babies. It's like across our relationships with each other and with Mm -hmm. our world. I think when we start to look at that and we look outward, we start to think, actually, I'm not on my own. Yeah, and that's a yeah, really, important, really important, really yeah. important, you know, because you can be going through things and you can think it's only me that's going through it. And that can oh, add and how to many the isolation. Times have we done that? How many oh, times you know, in, our, in our lives we always think, oh, I'm the only one going through. I won't say anything or, you know, it must just be me. And actually, yes. you know, building those connections that support cheerleaders whatever you want to call them so you can just got people who who like I said may not understand but no. are trying to understand is so important some yeah. really great tips there Sarah thank you so much and I've I've been writing quite a few things down on my, oh, <laughs> on my paper there as well so I love it and I love the fact that a lot of things that I I also do now but there's things that I can always mm. tweak and you know it's it's easy we're only human right and we do fall off the wagon sometimes absolutely Um, but as long as you can recognize that and bring yourself back you know what are you going to get from it longer term 
Absolutely fantastic. Well, I feel like I've been really educated. So thank you so much. Um, it's no, been really, really insightful. And I know I could I could talk to you and listen to you all day. Um, <laughs> but we have to come to an end now. Know, I'm conscious of our time. We'll have to do this again. We will, for sure, for sure. Um, but I always ask all our guests who come on, really important last question is, what is your favourite cake? Mm, my goodness. Mm. It's a good old fashioned lemon drizzle cake. Oh, no. Right. Can I just say, is, <laughs> is Jane Mack paying you? Because if you may know, my previous um, co host was Jane, and yes. her favourite cake was lemon drizzle. And yeah. the last three guests I've had on have all been lemon drizzle, right? I think she's secretly paying you. <laughs> I think it's as amazing. well it's because the one it's the one I can make and I'm not oh, the baker. okay no so God, it's so easy that yeah and it actually okay. tastes really good even yeah. though I do say so myself <laughs> but yeah a right. good old-fashioned I'll have to come up to have a day you can make yes. a lemon drizzle oh. and I'll, I'll give you a score out of 10 oh definitely I'm to the lemon drizzle <laughs> definitely amazing oh Sarah it's been fantastic so if anyone is interested in learning more about what you do where can we find you where's the best place so I'm most active on Instagram so that's at I am Sarah Alex Carter and then I'm also on LinkedIn and via my website which is www.sarahalexcarter.com amazing thank you so so much and I know our listeners will be really really interested in everything you've just said so thank you so much it's been an oh, absolute pleasure, pleasure. thanks yes, Sarah. have I've a wonderful, wonderful day oh good i'll speak to you soon take care thank you for listening to this week's episode of fabulous and female as always my leaving message to you is remember to do the one thing that makes you feel fabulous if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe and leave a review